You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Courageous Leadership Podcast and I have my guest with me, Drew Povey. Drew, tell us what you do for a living. Well, there's probably a number of names for it. I like to refer to it as being a leadership geek down where I just talk to different people about leadership, whether that's a crowd or one-on-one coaching. I love everything about it. I've been researching it for years and I like talking about it, as you'll probably find out today. <laughs> I'm hoping you talk today. Fantastic. All right. So on this episode of Mishaps and Mistakes and Triumphs, the idea is that the leader on the podcast is honest with the listenership and we talk to them and tell them, you know what? Leadership is that great spectrum, isn't it? You have the glory moments and it's glory to glory. There's a two in there. And in that two is process and mistakes and visits to numpty land, as I like to call it, where we go to planet numpty, make our mistakes, then come back to planet Earth, you know. And it's about saying to everybody, you know what, we all visit planet numpty from time to time. But it's about not making a home and building a mansion on planet numpty. Just have a tent and stay there for a while, but come back. Yeah, I think I live there. I think I live there, Diana. <laughs> you've, you've got I think I've got my. I think I've got my own whole section and village there, <laughs> with the rest of the idiots. Oh, yeah, I, I did have a good um a good stay on Planet Lumpty from time to time when I was in <laughs> in, in, in my headship. So where do you want to start? Mistake, mishap, or triumph? You pick. Give us a mishap. Started off okay, then it went kind of banana skin. Whoosh. Well, there's, there's quite a few of those. I reckon one, I'm a, I'm a bit of an over-preparer. You've worked with me before, Diana, and I love to prepare. And it was, I had to go to an event once where I was asked to go and just be a part of the audience. And I just turned up as I did and I was just part of the audience. And about an hour before it started, somebody came over and said, right, Drew, we're ready to have you on stage to do your practice bit. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I went from very relaxed to having a significant case of irritable bowel syndrome in about 10 seconds. It was the most anxiety-inducing moment of my life. As I'm saying this, I'm going red because it was that bad. And basically, I had to stand on stage and, in the words of the organiser, entertain the crowd for 10 minutes. Of which I made a very flippant comment about what you want me to do, do a dance. And they went, if that tickles your fancy, do a oh, dance. And they just watched you fall. Oh, no. Oh, it was, it was terrible. We managed to get through it, like most things in life. But it was one of those times where you turn up, you're happy to be there. Life's looking pretty good. And then suddenly you get a curveball. And I very quickly had to think on my feet. And I managed to get through it. But there was a point in there, I was with my older brother, actually. And he just looked at me and said... We can just jump in a taxi and just go. We'll just disappear. No one will know. We'll just have to disappear if you don't want to put yourself through it. And I thought, no, I need to make myself do this. So I stayed. And we managed to get through the moment on stage. I did the quick interview and then we managed to get out of there. It was at the Comedy Store in Manchester. Oh, gosh. But it was one of the most difficult moments because it's the Comedy Store. 
and people are expecting to be made to laugh. Yeah. And I follow Greg Davies, of oh. all people, the famous comedian. So it was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So it was one of those moments where I thought, I just wished I'd not got out of bed this morning. So that's yeah. probably has to go down as one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm just trying to think, what should you have done to prevent that? But these things happen, don't they? And sometimes uh, yeah. you just got to, you know what? You can prepare, you contract carefully, you say to the client, what do you want? How do you want it? So you think you're ready. And then a curveball comes and it's just a curveball. What can you do? You, you try and catch it. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it was like rug pulled from under you, literally, or on stage pulled from under you. And, and the fact it was in the comedy store in in the great city of Manchester was even worse because I was like going, there will be no comedy in store for these people who turned up here tonight. <laughs> they could have that bit of a refund on their ticket because they didn't get their value for money for those 10 minutes that Drew was on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, I love it. Uh, let's have a mistake where this just oh. went wrong. So I'd like to... I'd like to say this mistake is something I haven't done over and over again, but I can't say that because if I did, I'd be lying. So I'm not sure whether it's even classed as a mistake because it could even be a choice, but I'll get to the point. I have this incredible ability for my mouth to overload my back. Like I, I, I agree to things and say, yeah, we can do that. I can help you. And then very quickly, I end up with too much on my plate. And it happens time and time and time again. And I read something brilliant the other week that made me really reflect on this again. The mistake I make too often is I say yes to things because I think I can help somebody. But it's that point in life where if you say yes to something, you're going to say no to a whole load of other things. And, and on a serious point, all jokes aside, I'm probably, well, not probably, definitely ashamed that I've missed so many of my lads. I've got three boys so many family things because I'd said yes to things in work which had said no to family I've missed sports days I've missed Christmas concerts I've missed parents evening and that was all under the banner of trying to help other people now I do like helping people and that's what I've always tried to do from working in sport to working in education to working in the leadership world that I do now but there comes a point when you've got to focus on what really matters and there was an article actually in the press by a palliative care nurse that has written a book on learnings from people who are, you know, dying and very close to death. And the number one thing she said that people in that position did was that they wish they hadn't worked as much or as hard. And, and when I was reading that, I was like, yeah, that's me. And I'm trying to get better at it. I'd like to say it's not a mistake I continue to make. I'd probably describe it as being a work in progress. Yeah, I, I can... I can just, I think I've heard of that article. I've, I've certainly heard of the saying, nobody wants on their gravestone the writing, I wish I worked harder. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's you, it. You, you don't write it. that, do you? You don't say that in your obituary or people say it about you. Her dying wish was she wished she worked harder. You know, it's always about family and love and relationships and that kind of thing. And it's a, when I was head, I realised that, Diana, you're trying to be God because this is what you're trying to do. You're trying to be omnipresent, yeah. omniscient, yeah. omnipotent, omnipresent, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Omniscient, know everything, omnipotent, completely powerful, have the answer and the, the resource and the money to solve any issue. 
And when those three words are ascribed to God, you know, yeah. you're trying to be a mini God, Diana. This is going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, I don't think anybody has been successful in the role of deputy God, you know. I would so, agree with that. You know, so if he's the head teacher, there is no deputy as in deputy God, you know. <laughs> and once I click, Diana, what are you doing? You don't know everything. In fact, you know quite not much at all, really. You're not everywhere all at once. You're just here right now in this moment. And you haven't got all the power to make everything okay. So stop pretending that you have. Yeah. But goodness me, I was so wedded to living like that. I'd spent a lot of time making that mistake. I didn't want to give it up. Got invested in that mistake. You know, yeah, and it was incredible. Where you thought, you know what, stop it, just stop it. I was in my mid 40s before I got that message. If you say, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. hard, it's really hard because it's, it's that bit about self awareness. Yeah, am I aware of what I'm actually doing here and what the price I'm paying is? And then, more importantly, when you become aware of it, lots of people are aware of it, but they don't do anything about it, they can't move to the next phase, which is self management. And, and that's why I said I'm a work in progress. I've yeah. probably never suffered with the all knowing stuff because knowing myself well enough, I'm self aware enough that I probably won't know the answer or definitely not have the best answer. But you, you're absolutely bang on. We can't be God, we can't be all things to all people. Yeah. And we've got to remember who really matters. Who really matters. Yes, absolutely. And it is that, you know, friends and family. I mean, my family are very good. At, you might be head teacher, love, but you're just their sister. Now get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't my imagine anyone saying that to you. I can't imagine anyone saying oh, that no, to you. Oh, no, they did. My husband's very good at saying, you might be head teacher, but in here, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it is about, uh, what's, what's that phrase? Wind your neck in. I've had to wind, wind my neck, neck in. I had to wind my neck in a few times and also just say, you know what? I can't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. I just can't do it. My <laughs> no yeah, phone yeah. goes down sort of thing. Or as oh. we say up north, we say up north, take your head for a wobble. What does that mean? Just get, get out of there. Give your head a shake. Come to your senses and get a grip. And get, get a grip. <laughs> All right. Bring it home. Take us to a triumph. So, yeah, when, when I thought about this, and I did think about this long and hard, actually, about a triumph in my life. And, it, you know, there's been lots of things I'm proud of. You know, being, being a dad and a, a husband is really important to me. And, and there will obviously always be my greatest triumphs. But I think there's, there's something else work-wise making it about work, because the other two were, which probably links to the mistake element, which is kind of working out what it is you feel you put on the earth to do. Because where I could never have functioned is just turning up, putting a shift in on a job and going home at the end of the day. You know, it's kind of that I just didn't, I always wanted to do something I really loved doing and feel that I was making a difference and feel that I was adding value to people and thinking that I was having a positive influence on the world. And I suppose when I'd worked out what that was, that was really powerful. As the famous saying goes, you know, two important days in your life, the day you're born and then the day you realize why. And without being too philosophical, it was, again, that, that moment when you go, what I really love to do, yeah. really love to do is to help people develop. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that then helped me make sense of my 
early life and I'm not suggesting I had this contemplating naval moment and a road to Damascus scenario where I suddenly was hit by a bolt of lightning and got it at an early age. It's taken me years to get to this point. But that's why, again, I started in sport and went into education and now working. I love the fact that I can actually help people to develop. And that is a it's a huge passion. But of course, more importantly, it links to that ultimate purpose that I want to go out and I want to do that with people. And actually it's been an interesting 10 months. That's probably one word for it. I think other people have got others words to describe the last 10 months. But I, I think that the ability to be able to get alongside each other and help people through this difficult time, certainly for me from a leadership perspective has been incredibly inspiring. It's been about, there are no experts, let's work together, let's get through this. And we know that there's going to be more shifts and changes in the future, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. And I, I want to be part of the support mechanism, whether it's on social media or in person, to help people get through these blooming tough times that we're facing at the moment. Yeah. And it is, I mean, whenever this podcast goes out, it's just referring, because at the moment we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic and it's, it's just difficult you know things are just difficult things are tough but you're right if you if you are clear on your purpose then you can adapt the mechanism of delivery but you know what you are here for and if you're I'm, I'm here to help I'm here I am here to support you how I do it might have to be through zoom or a different way where it would have been face to face but you know what I still know what I want to do and how I do that so that's that's that's, a, that's I can imagine that being a triumphant sort of feeling at the end of the day so well it, it is it is because you I think also it's helping people to see that human beings don't like change. Yes. No one likes change, but we're really blooming good at it. You know, mm. it, 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 we are really good at, at bobbing and weaving and adapting and flexing. We're really good at it, we just don't like it. And I yeah. think by helping people to see we can do this is that bit of helping people through this stage that we are in the world, never mind in, in the UK. Absolutely, wow, that, that's profound and insightful i would have expected nothing less from you drew so thank you for an re teacher <laughs> drew if people want to get in touch with you engage with any of your content where can they find you on the web they can get me through the website www.drewpovey.com or .co.uk twitter drewpovey instagram and i've just started on tiktok are you dancing no Definitely not. That would, that would be a crime to humanity if it <laughs> to see me do that. It would be, I'd be taken off social media, <laughs> the whole of it for that. But no, I'm quite enjoying it. I did a talk with TikTok the other week and I kind of understand in the platform. So you can get me on TikTok and of course, LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. Oh, guys, what can I say? You've heard it here. The honesty, the truth, the triumph, the mistakes that we have. It's all here. Leaders, we all do this. So can I say thank you once again to my guest, Drew Povey. It's been a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and keep doing the good stuff, Diana. You make a big difference in the world. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.